Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about all things tech. We don't just talk about tech. We also talk about its implication on our society and everywhere else. So today we're going to talk about a, a topic which is more fintech related topic, and it's an interesting one. It's a peer-to-peer payments. And uh, within our audience, if you guys are into fintech, you're going to really enjoy this uh, this conversation because it's to do with payments when uh, it's sort of done through peer-to-peer systems. And um, I actually have very little understanding of it and i'm actually looking to understand and learn a lot more from amit today uh thank you amit for coming up with this topic let's uh let's talk about p2p payments well uh first thing i uh, wanted to correct you about the topic is that it's uh, not peer-to-peer networks uh, we're just <laughs> using the regular networks it's just how it's uh, designed the reason it's called peer-to-peer is because it's person to person so it's something okay. similar to uh, say you download a file using BitTorrent protocol on which we've already spoken about. So a file is split across thousand pieces, and then uh, the person who's trying to seed the file has the has the complete uh, uh, file. So so it's similar to a BitTorrent protocol where a file is split into multiple pieces, and then the person who has all the pieces is a seeder, and the person who has uh, who doesn't have all the pieces is a leacher or you can say a peer and uh, what happens is that uh, when someone else downloads they become a seeder so now two people have the same file and they have all the pieces and they can now give it to someone else so but here the whole thing is just being managed uh, by the network protocol and there is no third party involved in any way okay so that's why it's called peer-to-peer and then there is peer-to-peer lending so peer-to-peer lending means that there is a, a middle agent where they collect money from people and they distribute that money to other people so it's like bank but uh, it's it's different in a way you're not opening an account you're just depositing money with the guarantee that you'll get some uh, better rate of interest compared to a normal a savings account and then using that money the company that gives it to someone else so it's peer to peer lending and peer to peer payments means that uh, if i want to send you money but i don't have your bank account how do i send money and that's what it is all about so how to send money to renat malik without knowing his account number right okay so that's that's quite interesting in in two different ways uh, so you mentioned peer to peer lending and it sounds like that that's a financial product and peer to peer payments is a like a process through which a payment or a transaction is sort of uh, carried out so these are two different things and we we're, ta- we're going to talk about peer to peer payments and not peer to peer lending because lending that's a financial product and not necessarily related to a technological uh, sort of a, a, a sort of technical solution, but the transaction which is done peer to peer—that's the peer to peer payment system—and that's what we're going to talk about. And that's uh, it, it, it's a good uh, good thing to sort of uh, understand the definition of these two, so we can understand what we're talking about. So uh, thanks for actually pointing that out. Uh, so yeah, peer-to-peer payments. As a consumer, I think a lot of our audience have already experienced peer-to-peer payments, as you were, uh, uh, we were talking earlier, and these, as you mentioned, PayPal, 
and there are a few other uh, sort of um, names or organizations or uh, sort of solutions that consumers would know about, which utilizes this peer-to-peer payments technology. So tell us more about that. So basically, peer-to-peer works in a way that uh, you don't need a bank account number. So normally, a bank account has two parts. One is the account number and the other is the branch uh, number. Most of the banks will have a branch and they'll have a branch uh, code or a unique identifier for that branch and then an account associated uh, for your uh, savings account or current account in that branch. So you need these two details then you also need the bank details. In the UK, we have something called as a sort code and a account number. The sort code will identify the bank and the branch and the account number will identify whose account it is. Okay, so if you give these two details, then the uh, then whenever you're trying to make a payment, it knows which bank to transfer, which branch to transfer and which account to transfer. Now I need all these details. So normally if I add you in my bank account, I'll need your name, I'll need your account number, I'll need your sort code in the UK. So I need three things and that's a very painful process. So where peer-to-peer payment now comes is that I don't need all these details. I just need maybe your email address or I just need your phone number and then we can just transfer money to each other. So if people, those of who are living in the UK, they must have seen it in Revolut or Monzo or Starling. So these are online bank accounts, online only bank accounts, so they don't have a physical branch. So their sort code is always the same. They don't have multiple sort codes. Okay, so now if you're on Starling and someone else is on Starling, you can just transfer, you can just find their name and transfer money. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, and same thing in Monzo and same thing in Revolut. Just try to search for the name and you will get a handle like a Twitter handle or an Instagram handle or a YouTube handle now. So you'll get a handle say at Amit.Sarkar or at Rina.Malik, whatever. And you can then confirm that, okay, this handle belongs to the person that you want to send money and just click on it and send money. So you don't need the name. You don't need the account number. You don't need the sort code. So that's peer-to-peer payments. Right. Okay. So from a from a consumer perspective, or from a from a like a newbie perspective, if you like. So um, any if we zoom out a little bit, any transaction is a form of communication, and whenever you're communicating with someone, or whenever you're making any transaction, you didn't you need an address where it would it needs to go before. Uh, the address used to be made up of account number, sort code, and the name of the person receiving it. Now, with the advent of technology, we can shorten that address to a much more manageable, meaningful address, which is which is basically the person's email address. Because the internet has kind of uh, evolved in a way that the email address is always a string of unique characters. I mean, if you think about it, it's actually quite fascinating because email, you know, you can't, you can't like, you can open uh, email accounts in Outlook, Yahoo, Gmail, wherever, but you can't, you can never have a duplicate email address for, you know, for, you know, two people can't have the same email address in any way because you know, Gmail doesn't allow you to, any, none of the providers allow you to. And then if you take the provider's 
uh, you know, name into account of the whole email address, then there you go. That's like a full unique piece of string that is only attached to you. And obviously because of all the, you know, the, the, the high security of each of these, um, the, the email providers. Now it's a secured, uh, sort of piece of string that only you can access. So that is a very ideal thing to use as, uh, you know, banking transactions because, you know, it's, it's difficult for anyone else to get hold of it. But uh, you also forget that mobile numbers are also unique. So, uh, so yes. mobile numbers are also, and actually mobile numbers are linked to your physical device. So you have a physical device, that physical device is on you. Email addresses, it's not on you. Okay. So f mobile numbers are actually still more secure and still more unique because you're holding something in your hands and you're going around with it all the time. And it can work without the internet as well. So you just yes. need a mobile data connection. So that's it. That, so, that the added benefit of mobile numbers is you don't even have to use smartphones with email addresses. You need to have a connection to, to the internet and have an interface within your phone uh, to access the email address or in, in one way or another. So that needs to be a smartphone, but with just mobile numbers, you could just communicate with the bank through text messages. So you don't even need internet connection or a smartphone, which is more accessible to many people around the world in many different uh, 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 countries where developing countries where internet is not easily accessible, they can still make use of or utilize this this uh, method of communication. So that's what happened in India. So using something called as Paytm, but India, uh, I mean, let's rewind back a bit. I mean, you can transfer money using mobile numbers, but you still need an application to do that for you. And for that application, you still need internet. So more or less, you'll still need some kind of an internet service, either through your mobile data connection or through your uh, Wi-Fi connection, but you'll still need the internet connection. Um, so sometimes what happens is you download an app and the app will ask you to register an account in it. It could be a banking app as well. Uh, some of the banks like Revolut, Starling and um, say Monzo, they allow this uh, feature. So once you uh, download the app, you open an account, you register for a handle and you get your bank account number and sort code, then you can try to search uh, through your contacts, through your mobile phone contacts, who is there on the Monzo network already. So again, bear in mind, we are trying to now send money when we are trying to send money in Starling only to people who are on Starling or in Monzo only to people who are on Monzo. So if I want to send now money from my Starling account to someone say Rinath Malik who has an account in say Santander, I have an account in HSBC, how do I do that? So that's where we can now link instead of the handles, we can ask, okay, mobile numbers. Because normally whenever you go for a banking application, they'll send you an SMS and an email. Uh, for security code but most of the time it's an uh, it's a uh, mobile number um, so if the mobile number is already linked to a bank account and say Santander you are on Santander I'm on HSBC and Santander also has your mobile number then the two mobile numbers are linked to a unique bank account and they are now connected so now I should be able to transfer money just using a mobile number so that is something called as pay m uh, so that's uh, started. 
but it's now uh, closed because there are some new payment methods that have come up but uh, this was the way where you could just use the uh, mobile number and then transfer money so this was again a very uh, modern way of transferring money to someone's account even though they are on two separate uh, bank account networks so that is uh, that is a good you know that is you know one one of the sort of the like uh, ways technology has made our lives easier because you don't have to remember and uh, you know even a lot of the times we need to make transaction to uh, people who we don't you know know very closely you know outside of friends and family and you know maybe you'll just do that one transaction and then you won't need need any more of that anymore for example if you're selling your you know something second hand you know your phone or whatever so you'll meet this person maybe online who you know from maybe facebook marketplace and then you want to make that transaction the transaction needs to be safe and secure but at the same time you don't want to be uh, having to face a lot of hassle in terms of making the transaction cash is not always the sec- most secure way of doing things so this is actually a really good enabler in terms of how we want to live our lives and uh, this is one of the small ways how technology is making our lives easier exactly and <clears throat> i mean if you look at it uh, i mean these these payments they help to uh, bypass this um, i mean not say bypass but make it convenient just because you don't have to uh, remember a lot of stuff and you don't have to ask a lot of stuff so mobile numbers normally i'll have your mobile number even though if i don't have your email number uh, email id i'll still have your mobile number because i need to make a call to you so i by default everyone has a mobile number because we talk to each other we use whatsapp so we'll have the mobile number as well um, so that's all already a given so uh, in india uh during um covid and people wanted to make contactless payments and also during demonetization where they suddenly removed the currency uh i i, for, I forgot the denomination so they suddenly removed the specific denomination of currencies out of circulation and they said it's no longer a legal tender and people have to now transfer money from one account to another and how do you make payments to say if you don't have cash how do you make payments i mean cash in hand you still have money in your account uh, or you can deposit money in your account so that's when paytm uh, came and it became very popular so paytm revolutionized because you have a paytm account and someone else has a paytm account and they can transfer money to each other it's like paypal so paypal works in a similar way i have an email address a business has an email address so suppose i want to so i want to send money to rinath i can use his email address and then i can just send him a poke him money on paypal okay and there is a business it has provided me certain services say i bought something on ebay and now it's asked me to make a payment through paypal so it'll give me an email address using that email address i'll put it in paypal i'll say i'm making a payment to a business and then i just make the payment so i don't need to know the bank account number i don't even need to know which country the account is sitting so now it's another level so now you can do cross border payments just by knowing the email address so that's how paypal became so popular and is still very popular because we yeah that's uh, that's one of the things i actually wanted to ask that you know when you were talking about peer to peer payments you know first you talked about within the same bank and then interbank transaction but then what about inter country transaction and that's another next level of uh, of enabling 
or making lives easier for the consumer. And how does that work? Because there is, there is, uh, there must be some sort of foreign currency exchange uh, that that needs to happen when when these transactions are being made. Are they being charged an exchange rate or a, a like a currency currency conversion fee, like the banks do, or is it uh, sort of managed as as part of the transaction? So I think PayPal charges money for transaction. I think when you withdraw money. Uh, because it's there in your PayPal account and then you have to withdraw, withdraw money to your bank account. So I think that's when it charges. Uh, plus, uh, you can accept a payment in different currencies, but your PayPal account is linked to a country. So like I have a PayPal account in India and I have a PayPal account in UK. Those accounts, uh, those uh, accounts are different. Their email addresses are different and the accounts linked to it are different. I cannot link a UK account to my PayPal India account. I just can't. That's how PayPal, PayPal's jurisdiction is. But I can still transfer money to my uh, bank account using uh, this uh, PayPal method. And uh, I mean, it's not peer to peer, but uh, I use uh, TransferWise to uh, send payments, uh, cross-border payments to India. So how I do it is that uh, I have a TransferWise account and I have added my Indian account number and then I just transfer money to it. So instead of transfer money, uh, to my account directly, I transfer to a UK account of TransferWise. So I transfer money to TransferWise in the UK and TransferWise then transfers money after receiving it to my Indian account. I don't know how they do it, but sometimes they do it instantly. I think they're using some kind of a blockchain protocol or some protocol where you give money to a UK account and once they confirm, they transfer money or they maintain cash at both uh, countries. So based on how many pounds or Indian uh, currencies I'm buying, they will transfer the money. Right. Okay. That's that's very interesting. I mean, I also use TransferWise and it's it's really good service. You it's have the service. mobile app. Yeah. TransferWise, I think they now renamed themselves to Wise, just yes. Wise. Um, but yeah, I'm actually quite happy with their service. And I don't know whether they maintain both currencies because they transfer everywhere in all of the countries in the world. And it would be quite difficult to do that. And I don't know if it's, uh, there is, the, you know, in terms of currency exchange, there are legal requirements in different countries as well. So exactly. they might have to do the transaction every time you make a transaction that might be a legal requirement anyway i don't know how the the background of it works but it actually is very very um convenient because i just do it over with, with my phone and i i do the transaction from my bank account to transferwise within the wise app and then it's very quick as well. I mean, all the other ways I've used, you know, Western Union or, you know, going to a shop and then using Western Union, various other ways. This was actually a very quick way to do and convenient. You know, I can do it with, with in, in at the comfort of my home and in a mobile app. And it's very quick. And the fees are also quite reasonable as far as I know. I mean, um, Obviously, we're not sponsored by by Wise or TransferWise, but you know, just uh, because I think you're also happy with it, I'm also happy with it. We could just put a, a, a link in our description if anyone is in, interested. Uh, we'll put both of our sort of uh, recommendation or referral link in the descriptions, so you guys can sort of sign up using our link. Um, but uh, yeah, it is it is a um, quite a good app 
or a, like a, not just an app. It's a, it's a company that uh, we both like and uh, uh, recommend. <laughs> Definitely. And I think uh, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is my assumption because uh, I see that the payments happen instantaneously and cross-border payments across two different bank accounts can't happen instantaneously or else I have not seen it uh, or they have to happen between the same banks but different uh, so like HSBC UK and HSBC India maybe then you can have instant transactions but if you don't have the same banks how do you have have instant transactions so there has to be a mechanism where they are maybe monitoring the exchange rate and then deciding okay this is the exchange rate at which we'll transact and we'll pay the certain fees and we'll charge the customer this much so if say i want to transfer 200 pounds i'll i'll be charged about 1 1 pound to 1 and a half pound so that's a st- i mean it's not a lot but if you convert that to an indian rupee that's still uh, a big amount for a very small transaction say 20000 rupees so uh, 20000 rupees of transaction i pay about 1000 to 2000 uh, so uh, 200 rupees in fees so that's about what uh, 5 10% not 10% but some uh, 1% 1% even less actually one, i think less than 1% less. yeah less uh, around, around 1% yeah. so let's say it's 1% yeah. so i pay about 1% uh, of fees but because it's convenient because i don't have to open multiple bank accounts i don't have to maintain different accounts I don't have to open a new account in UK or new account in uh, India. It makes life so easy. And I think that convenience is what gives this peer-to-payments such uh, importance. So a lot of companies now, so like in India, if you have Google Pay and someone else has Google Pay, you can transfer money using Google Pay to someone else's account just using their uh, wallet. And the same thing is with Apple Pay. So if you, I think in US you do that for Google Pay, you can't do it in UK, but you can do it in India. So that's how they're making transactions and lives easier for everyone. Because most of the people in India are having an Android phone. And it's very cheap to have an Android phone. most of the people now in the villages they have uh, smartphones smartphones have become very cheap and it's a perfect way to manage payments even though if you have different bank accounts so maintaining all the different account numbers it becomes such a hassle and for a population like india it's a huge thing so if you have such a convenient way to make a payment then it just makes life easier and there are different other things in india like upi and paytm and other things but i think i was just i just wanted to focus on this aspect of payments especially in uk and us now another thing to note about these peer-to-pay payments is that uh, how secure is it so it's like an end-to-end encryption so if you if you know the person's handle or if you know the person's mobile number and email address and you're 100 percent sure that that's the right thing then you should be able to transact without any issues i mean you can still transact but uh, then there are cases of uh, fraud like you accidentally mistyped the number and then it goes to someone else and if someone else is not um, like uh, honest then they can keep the money so that's one way to do it the other way is like uh, i send you a scam link so you know my mobile number but that mobile number has now been stolen and someone sends me a link to transfer some money using that mobile number and i can trust that link because i have stored it as someone i don't know it's stolen and in that time I've clicked on the link, I've made a payment. So that's how you get scammed. So there are different ways you can uh, get 
uh, into all this so you have to be very very careful as to whom you are making payments even though you it's just a mobile number it's just an email address you have to be 100 percent sure and confirm multiple times that it's the same number and uh, email address once you've confirmed and saved it then every time you make a payment it's easy so so yeah so i think these are some of the things that you need to make sure that uh, it's uh, safe otherwise of it makes life so easy it's very fast so what else do you want <laughs> yeah absolutely and as you were saying like um you know the, your international transaction happens instantaneously that doesn't actually surprise me it to think about it because nowadays everything is happening inside the computer there is no physical transfer happening yeah. So even if it's different banks and if it's going through different, not just banks, different financial organizations and maybe four or five, but they could all be, they could all have automated their part of the process, you know, um, and, you know, linked or integrated with each other uh, through APIs or any other method. So as a result, everyone can do their part quite in an automated way, electronically, um, you know, online. And uh, that way, it would be instantaneous because it would just, you know, even if there are five steps or five financial organizations doing different approvals, they could all do it straight away. And uh, let me tell you, this is not the case in all the other countries. I mean, I think with India, there is, you know, better integration. But when I send money to Bangladesh, it's act it actually takes one or two days. Sometimes it's the same day, which really impressed me. I was like, oh, wow, within like six hours or eight hours, it's it's gone through. But uh, a lot of the times it's at least 24 hours. And if uh, there is any 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 part of the day is the weekend, you know, uh, in, in UK, the weekend is different than the weekend in Bangladesh. So if, it, if any of those days falls in any of the weekends, then obviously that's like a good 48 hours. So that integration isn't available in all the countries, I imagine, around the world as well. But no, absolutely. Um, it is it is a very good piece of technology that is really helpful to a lot of users, whether you're doing inter-country transaction or within the same bank, uh, whatever it is, it is sort of making. Because I, I know I, I had accounts in Canada and they use email addresses to to sort of transfer money. Nowadays, they don't even use the usual way of account number and branch number. They they just, you know, completely like forgotten about it. That, that's like a like a sending fax kind of old technology it's just always you know send money give him give me your email address that's just the norm uh over there and in in uk i think mobile number is also a, a, a way to pay someone um with with a uk bank account so yeah lives are becoming easier if you know if payments or transaction is easier that enables a lot of businesses small businesses can flourish and you know a, a lot of the times uh, a cash flow is a big problem for small businesses but the more instantaneous all of these things happen the better it is for small businesses and that also helps the economic of the country uh, because you know as we all know small businesses are the backbone of of any country's economy so yeah i mean there are a lot of big massive chain reaction benefits of these kind of technologies that we don't usually think about but they are quite powerful in these ways Definitely. and as with any Go ahead. as 
as with any new technology, as you mentioned, there is always the need for being secure and cautious. Uh, there are, you know, whenever there's new technology, there, there are newer ways to manipulate it and, you know, scam the consumers in that way. That's why we want to, you know, make aware, make you guys aware, our audiences, to how to sort of navigate within these new technologies. And hopefully you guys had some sort of... Um, um, sort of a, 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 a bit more light on this topic so you guys can navigate better when using it. Definitely. And I think, um, uh, I mean, it's it's making life easy, uh, convenient, especially in this age where technology is now uh, present everywhere. Um, and I think that's the future. Uh, in the future, you'll just have maybe phone number and then you'll have an account with it. Uh, it doesn't matter what the account number is and you don't even bother about it. And I think one of the reasons India has such a better integration for WISE is because of the high volume transactions. Because of the population of the country and the population of the uh, ex, uh, uh, the people outside uh, India who are actually transferring money to back to India, which is called remittance, then that transaction volume is quite high. So that's why there is a more demand for uh, transferring UK pounds to Indian rupee or US dollars to Indian rupee or Canadian dollars to Indian rupee. So because of the just the high volume of transactions. And I think that's what drives payment. And w one of the things that you said, which I 100% agree is these things enable businesses to thrive and flourish because you remove all the hassle of paperwork, opening accounts, this, that. You can accept payment instantaneously. So you can provide better services. You can grow your business and everyone is happy because it's so convenient for everyone. I'm not looking for cash. I can just transfer money using my mobile phone. In the UK, we have contactless payments and that contactless payment is made life so much easy. I don't even uh, carry my wallet anymore. I can use the contactless uh, card from my mobile phone to tap into and use the uh, transport network. So I bus, train, they're all accepted. Within London, of course, outside London, it's different. So within London, I can use the transport network. I can then pay at a coffee shop. I can go to a restaurant and then pay the bill there. If I get a blood test done and I want to pay, I can use that money. Uh, I can use my card. Then if I want to transfer, so suppose I have a loyalty card. So the loyalty cards are also there as a QR code in, in my Google account uh, wallet. So I can then scan the QR code. So I don't need to, so if I have like loyalty cards from multiple sources, they're all in one single account. So I don't even need those cards anymore. So, I mean, there are just so many ways your lives are becoming so easier because now you have a digital wallet. Maybe I think we should talk about digital wallet in our next talk. Yes, absolutely. That's another fascinating topic. And I'm sure our audience would be quite uh, interested to know, know about how that side of technology works. But uh, no, I mean, uh, absolutely. We'll, we'll let's, let's decide to talk about that in, in our future topics. But uh, yeah, the peer-to-peer -peer network, peer-to-peer -peer payment system, that is also, uh, hopefully audience have enjoyed this conversation. We looked at both the technical side, but also the societal uh, sort of implications uh, of how it affects the consumers and how to sort of be cautious of potential scams and be aware of how the technology works and how to be uh, sort of, uh, how to navigate around it. So uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed. I, I really have learned a lot. Uh, thank you, Amit, for going through it all. 
and hope you guys tune in again next week in our next episode and uh yeah until then um see you next time see you all next time thank you so much bye